0: what's going on everybody daryl freighter the club ceo here and we have another amazing episode of the my dj story podcast brought to you by the club the number one streaming app for djs and partygoers. today we have my brother dj j2 on the podcast brother can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from uh my name is juan aguayo i'm dj j2 and i'm from san diego california awesome brother we're super excited to have you on the show we want to hear your DJ story. We want to hear, you know, what sparked your interest in becoming a DJ. Just kind of walk us through those beginning days in your journey.
1: All right, well, I remember when I was a kid, uh, my older friends, and they would be into break dancing. So I was too young to hang out with them. So I couldn't go fill in that vibe with them. So I just started basically break dancing and there was a DJ that was basically in the front yard and we'd put out a cardboard box and they would actually just grab me cause I was the smallest one and spin me on my back to do backspins. And I remember I knocked the DJ's records over with my feet and I was so scared that he had told me, you know what? It's cool. He's uh, You broke a couple of my records. He's up, uh, but you didn't do it intentionally. He's uh, But I'll tell you what, You can pay me off by helping me lug my stuff back into my car. I was like, okay, well, you know, I can do that. You know, I didn't have no money. I was too young. So at that moment is when I first started the interest on how I saw how he would manipulate records and stuff like that, you know? But since I was too young, I couldn't afford that. I was barely like eight, nine years old, man. So...
0: Wow. No, that's a super interesting intro into the game. You know, you, you broke the DJ's records and, and he caused some damage, but ultimately it was a blessing in disguise because you were able to carry his crates and help him out. And you got that early experience at a very young age to, you know, just how to be a DJ watching someone um doing their job. You know, that's super exciting. So you were nine, 10 when you did this. You know, tell me a little bit about where it went from there. You know, did you immediately start really, you know, Becoming a DJ on your own or did it come take a little bit longer in life to to mature tell me a little bit about how you know your journey went from there
1: well from there I didn't I didn't start DJing right away because like I said I was too young so I was mainly into playing sports at that time I was playing little league baseball so my parents we would go use my we would go visit my grandmother south of the border out here in San Diego and my uncle on my mom's side was a DJ down south of the border, but basically he would DJ out of his bedroom already, you know, because that was the scene, you know, getting, having your room full of records and then he'd be working out and I just sit there and I stare at him as he's playing music. And I, I, back in the days you had those huge receiver amps with the LEDs popping up and down with the needles, you know, moving back and forth. So I just sit there and bob my head back and forth to the beat, you know? And I always remember he would play some freestyle music. And I will never forget the cover girls show me the bass on that, on his system was ridiculously where I would just sit there and just love to hug the speaker so I could feel the bass out of that thing. And that's where it initially started. But again, I waited until summer of 93 1993 because I didn't have turntables so we would go to the thrift stores and unfortunately we would borrow you know the the dual cassettes uh tape players and I would rip off the door handles on them and put cassettes on there. And that's initially how I started pl- DJing with cassettes. I would take a pencil and take the eraser end off of it. And if you look into that pencil, there's like a little metal piece and there's like little teeth in it. I would shove it into the groove of the cassette gear spinning part. And that's how would adjust my pitch. I would glue it on there and I just slide the cassettes in and out because Doing all of that, you run out of hands, you know? Like, if you let go of the pencil, it's going to fall out. So I would glue it on there, and i just slide the cassette in there. And that's how I initially started. In 93, man, I was in the the neighborhood DJ out here. And I started off with a receiver, two stereo speakers for a car, MTX 8-inch. And I was doing all my friends' backyard parties like that. And since they weren't that powerful, we would set them up on top, like... Back here, there's a, behind the houses, everybody's got a boiler to keep their water warm. And on top of that shed, we would throw those two inch, eight, eight inch MTX speakers that were for a car. And just so we could project it to everybody because everybody would put it under a table, but it, it would get muffled with everybody dancing in front of it. So we would throw it on top so the sound would project above. And that's initially where it started from. That's initially where my DJ
0: experience actually took place. I love it, man. You really have a passion for it and you finessed your way into the industry and you made it work with whatever way possible, even if they're a little unorthodox. And I think that it's just having that love for DJing and that desire to be a DJ that really drives you and motivates you to go further in your journey, man. And I think it's super important that you highlight it, the subtle things that you did to make sure the experience was better, even in a subtle way. You notice just how the music sounds when the speaker was on the floor versus when it was higher up in the air. And some DJs don't pay attention to the subtle differences that make your craft much better. So I really want you to dive deeper into, you know, how are you able to kind of identify some of the little things that you do differently in your DJ in career? And some of the things that DJs should be mindful of, of when they're playing out music and just kind of um, improving on, on their craft. What are some subtle details that you do that stand you apart from other DJs? Well,
1: I I like to keep an ear out. I don't like to have my levels peaking, you know, because peaking is doing damage to your gear and gear is not cheap, you know? Gear is not cheap. And like I said, I come from nothing, you know? Like I had to bust my rear end to get whatever I could to make it work, you know? So it taught me a lesson on how to pay attention to the sound, how to perfect my sound. And at the same time, I would volunteer my time to go with other DJs so I can study how they would project their sound, their setups, how would they would put up their speakers. Back then, we didn't have powered speakers. It was, you bring those big heavy earthquakes and then you throw those other ones on top with your amp racks next to it, you know, all these cables everywhere. So, little by little, I started going back and piecing and nitpicking all the stuff that I used to pay attention to and put it to use when I was actually going out there, you know? And now I have younger kids that are willing to learn. And I tell them look, just go back to the basics. If you go back to the basics, you will never go wrong.
0: That's great advice and learning the fundamentals and going back to the basics are super important. That's what builds the foundation of your skills as a DJ. So never be afraid to just go back to just learning the basic ways to being able to DJs. Because there's a lot of technology out there now that makes it much easier. But if you know the fundamentals, you can never go wrong. No, I really, I really appreciate that piece of advice. And you know, talk to me. You know, we talked about a little bit about the early days in your DJing. You know, tell me a little bit about where it went from there, um, and just kind of bring us closer to the present where we are, where where your journey.
1: Oh, right now, presently, uh, let's backtrack. Maybe not too far back. Maybe like at the most five years ago, uh, I just decided to uh, just network with my friends. You know, because I wouldn't really put myself out there like that because my prime had passed in the mid-90s, you know? Like, I was more of a competition DJ, body tricks, scratching, you know? And that's the era I grew up liking, you know, The, the DMC battles, you know? You have to wait a month or two, maybe up to a year before they would put out a video and go to your local record store to purchase it, you know? It's not like you can just log in and you watch it. So, like I said, going back five years ago, a friend of mine that used to work for the San Diego Padres. He told me, he's like, hey man, how would you like to DJ for the home games at the Padres' official store? And I was like, let's do it. So from that moment, they just kept networking with me. People would see me and they're like, hey, can we have your business card? And from there, it trickled over to, out here we have, we have this company called Hornblower Yacht Cruisers. I became one of their main DJs for the weekends. And then uh, I got picked up at this bar down here, a few bars. And then until recently, I've been doing like all these private events. And then this radio station from the East Coast out of Atlanta hit me up out of the nowhere. Like, I don't even know how they found me to be honest with you. And I've been with them for I think almost a year now. Yeah, so I got, I got, I got my own mix show hour Thursday through Saturday. So it's pretty good. You know, it's helping me out a lot.
0: Wow, that's super amazing, man. Just like you said, you just have no clue when that next opportunity is going to come. So you always got to be prepared and be ready to take on those opportunities and just keep doing everything that you can to, to position yourself to accept those those opportunities. And, you know, that's super amazing that, you know, you, they reach out to you and you have this new opportunity from a a organization in Atlanta, you know, that's, that's super, super amazing, brother. You know, talk to me a little bit about your DJ career in regards to your branding. You know, your name is DJ J2. How did you get that name and what does that branding mean to you?
1: Okay. Well, the reason it's that, because my first name and my second name my first initial start with a j so my first name is juan my middle name is javier so a lot of kids when i was growing up they would call me jj you know so when i got older you know i was like i really didn't have a dj name you know i just people knew i would dj and they would just call me by my first name hey man you want to come over and dj you know so like i wouldn't really be that microphone happy DJ to every five seconds he's talking on the microphone, you know. And no, I was just go in there and DJ and set the mood for the people, and that was it. But that's how initially my name, I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Let me just put two and two together. My first name, my middle name, first start with a J. And I said, called it J2. Initially, it was going to be J2, like the number two in Spanish. But I don't think it was going to be picked up and a lot of people were not going to understand that, you know, and then a lot of people get confused because they think it's J squared. But it's not, you know, it's just simple J2 and that's it. That's that's how I came up with that concept.
0: I love it, man. It's super organic is to you and it's something that you've been able to embody as your name and your brand and attach to your DJ persona. So I appreciate you sharing that, man. At this time, we're going to jump into a quick commercial break, but when we come right back, we're going to talk about DJ Jay's two journey and some of the lessons that he learned in regard to his DJ career. So we're going to take this break. And we're back. We're super excited to be here on the My DJ Story podcast. We're speaking to my brother, DJ J2. And we learned a lot about his journey in the DJ industry. So at this time, we want to talk about some of the learning lessons that you learned while you were in your DJ career. You know, what are some things that you know now as a mature DJ that you wish you knew when you were first getting started?
1: There is so much music out there that don't just stick to one type. You know, there's music all over the world that you have everything on in your in your fingertips nowadays, you know, with the, the, the internet. Back then, I had to go to record stores and dig through crates. I would go to thrift stores and dig to their through their used section of records, you know. And at the same time, I always advise upcoming DJs, don't get stuck on just one artist, you know. Look at the labels. Look at who that producer is. That producer, if you like the what he's putting out for that artist, that producer has made other music for other artists. So don't just stick just because that artist is hot right now. Pay attention to who's behind all of that. The, the producers who's making it happen for this artist, you know? So if you can find other stuff from that producer, trust me, he might have some other bangers that not that many people know of. And that was one of my big things that I learned, you know, just... Don't stick to the hot stuff that that artist has. Look at where he's coming from. Who's producing him? Who's who's collaborating with that artist at the same time? You know, there's. it's just not one. It's a team. So I'm pretty sure you got a couple fingers you can dig through there, you know, to help you dig, to help find yourself some more music out there.
0: Yeah, that's a super good piece of advice. You know, not just sticking to one set of music or one kind of music by expanding your different types of music that you know and can play. It really brings you as a more valuable DJ because people wanna hear diversity in music. People wanna hear things that they don't hear typically. And those song selection choices where you're playing really great music that not as many people know about, you're providing value to the industry because you're putting people on to new music that can take them in a different place within their journey just being a listener of music and a, a lover of music. So like, I think that what you said is super important. And then you spoke about just being able to do your research on the songs that you're playing and see who's producing it and who's involved with the composition of the music. It's super important because you might be able to find hidden gems elsewhere. And I think that not a lot of people really look into the fine detail of how you find those hidden gems. And it seems like you really have a formula to do that. And that's super good that you're sharing it here. And, you know, we really love to share news and, and, and share advice to other DJs here on this podcast because your story is helping other people on their journey as well. So we appreciate you, man. What are some other pieces of advice that you have for other DJs that may be out there trying to get started, but just kind of don't know where to where to start?
1: one big thing I always tell DJs is go back to the classics you're never gonna go wrong I go because you're just starting this crowd that you're trying to entertain is older than you so they want to hear their stuff you know because they don't hear it that often you don't have clubs and bars that dedicate to 80s music that much you know they're all into what's out right now and i would tell them go back to the classics the basics don't try to tweak it just keep it simple and take it step by step but make sure you study your music make sure you study your music the genre that it is don't just start slapping tracks over tracks and you know you don't you don't understand the structure you know there's there's every song has a structure and as dj's you should be able to understand when to mix it in, when to lay it over. That way you won't have a train wreck or what I like to call it verse over verse where you have both songs, vocals over each other. Now you can't even understand who is singing in the song. Like, oh, You got to separate all that stuff to make it sound clean. And that's the, that's the number one thing I always tell them. Go back to the classics and study your music. That way you know when to blend it.
0: Love it. Super tactical advice. It's super, super amazing how you elaborate and explain it uh, for DJs in such a simplistic way so they can understand at its core that it's not too complicated, but it's stuff that you have to understand so you can apply it effectively. Uh, Really great job, brother, explaining that. You know, I I love to talk about DJing from the perspective of it being an opportunity to help you in your career to make money. Um, so you've done DJing from the club and the party scene to also to the radio, you know, talk to me a little bit about the opportunities that DJs have in front of them and how do they different tap into those different, you know, genres and and opportunities within the DJ industry, you know, and tell me like the little, the differences between being on the radio versus in the club or, or doing parties or corporate events, you know, just talk to me about the different aspects of DJing and the different opportunities that are available for, for DJs all over.
1: Well, there, like I said, there's, there's so much music out there. So like your music library is endless unless you're just sticking to one style of genre, you know. And that's one thing I always tell people. I'm an open format DJ. I play everything and anything, you know, because throughout the years I grew up listening to everything. Breakdancing, freestyle, hip hop, you know, Latin everything EDM hard house classic house everything i played it all you know because i had to dig through records to find the good stuff for the weekend you know i'd go to the record stores and i would dig and dig and i would be there when the ups truck was getting there with the boxes and they're barely opening them up and they're like hey this is what's hot right here and what i would do i would buy the copies cuz i wanted to be the guy that had the the fire for that weekend You know, so again, along that note, what helped me out a lot was right after high school, I joined the military. So I would go overseas, but I would bring my setup with me along with my records that I had multiple copies of. And I go to clubs and I would trade my music for theirs. You know, so my music trading it for theirs would be like, wow, I've never heard this style of music. Let me bring it back home with me. Now I got something to work with when I get back to the States and put it out there, see if they're gonna like it, you know? And not necessarily like that track, but mash it up. That's when mashing up tracks was starting to become big, you know? And again, repeat, going back to your question, helping not just myself, but other DJs in the club scene, they want that fire. They want, they, they want that fire at all times, you know? So you gotta make sure you're studying your music so you can lay out those bangers. If you're only playing for 30 minutes, guess what? Those 30 minutes better be fire. If you're playing for two hours, those two hours, you better have your lineups ready to go, you know? Because if not, that'll be the last time you come back there, you know? You can claim you DJed at this top-notch bar club, but I always ask them, when is the next time you're coming back? You know, and, and they're like, oh, I don't know. They haven't called me. And I go, that's why you need to start doing research on your music. Because if you're doing the club scene, especially in, in if you're in a in a mainstream area, like a downtown, wherever city you're at, they want that fire. You know, because they want that business from everybody. You're competing with all the other places, you know, and other DJs. So they want you to play. What's gonna make them the money, because they're worried about the money. You're there to entertain the crowd, but they're worrying about that income coming into that venue. Radio DJing is a little different. Yes, they want the stuff, but sometimes you have a program sheet that you gotta go buy up. You know, they want you to play some of these tracks. Sometimes some of these tracks don't go with the vibe that you're playing. So you gotta, you know, you gotta really push yourself to make it happen, you know, especially when you're doing mix shows. You know, when you got 30 minutes straight of mixing and the audience is listening and they're like, oh, man, I never heard that song. That's a new track, but it sounds good the way you implemented it with your mix. You know, it's a little more pressure because you got a lot of people listening to that radio station, you know, at the club scene. Yeah, you know, it's that crowd, but maybe seven out of the 10 people are too intoxicated. They won't mess. They won't pick up if you mess up. On the radio, everybody's going to listen and they're going to tell if you're not doing a good job, you know. So that's that's how I play it, you know.
0: Yeah, I know. That's super great. And one DJ told me you're only as good as your last set and you got to make sure that you bring it. Just like you said, when was the last time you ever been to that venue that you played at? It's like it probably was something that you did that, you know, didn't give you an opportunity to come back. And you have to bring it because it's competition out there and people are always looking for the best that can bring in the crowd and can please the audience at the best you know, opportunity. So you always got to bring that heat and always got to come prepared to make sure you're doing a good job because everyone, the, the audience, the venue owners, the radio stations, they're all depending on you and your skills. So you got to give them the best you at all times. Uh, I love this advice, man. This is really great. And I feel like we're learning a lot about DJing and kind of these skills that you need to do well at it. And you're really doing a wonderful job with educating our audience on the craft of DJing, man. At this time, I would love to, for you to talk about, you know, some of the things that you're working on now and how could myself and our audience in the club, our community that we're building, help and support you?
1: Well, basically what I do now is uh, since... The pandemic is coming, looks like it's coming to an end. Uh, A lot of my old places where I was DJing are hitting me back up. So basically throughout this whole year that we've been down, I've used it to my advantage to edit songs, remix, make remixes. Because I'm a video DJ. So everywhere I go, I just play the music videos on the TV screens. You know, so I've had the opportunity to... uh, Within maybe the last month or so, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, uh, this last month uh, Sunday, I'm sorry, I had I was had the opportunity to work with uh, Mario, the RB single Mario. Prior to him was Trey Songs, prior to Trey Songs was OT Genesis, and then prior to OT Genesis was uh, a new kid that just came out of New York called CJ. His hit track is Whoopty. So like All that stuff, I'm getting it ready so when everything comes back up, I have an arsenal of fire to come out with, you know? So I didn't just sit at home and do nothing. I made over 600 remixes and edits just for myself so when this pandemic is over, i come out with fire, you know? Because a lot of people, that's what they're waiting for. They want to go out there and enjoy themselves so I want to give them everything I've been putting together, you know?
0: Wow, man. Congrats to you. I don't want to skip over that. You said some really amazing and big names, brother. You are really grinding and working hard and it pays off. It just shows just how passionate you are about DJing and how serious you are about your career as a dj so we appreciate you and we honor the stuff that you've been doing in the industry and appreciate you for dropping so many gems on this podcast man at this time we're going to jump into the lightning round are you ready i'm ready awesome describe your dj setup hardware and software
1: uh i'm a 1200 guy to the end rocking turntables to the end and i use serato dj pro and uh I, I, I work with 20 terabyte hard drive with for my music. You know, Pioneer S9. And that's basically my setup right there. You know?
0: Who's your favorite DJ?
1: Oof. I really looked up when I was younger. I used to love uh, DJ Craze out of Miami. And then uh, I did follow DJ Dagwood when I was... In my hard house scene, in the mid '90s, you know, I, I I used to love that label MCM13, and I just love the stuff he used to put out, man. That's why when I seen him, I was like, oh, I know who this guy is.
0: Awesome. We had DJ Dagwood on the podcast a couple of episodes ago, so check him out. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJed at, and why?
1: Oof! I did an event with Two Short on a rooftop of a of a yacht. And the reason why, because I've never seen the amount of people go off to where they were almost about to jump over the side of the boat because that party was so hype, especially when he dropped Blow the Whistle. Live, it was ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen so many intoxicated people become sober within seconds and be able to party.
0: (laughs) Who's the most interesting person you've met throughout your career as a DJ?
1: Hmm. I got to meet uh, he wasn't really a DJ or nothing like that but he was a really humble person to me and uh, he was a a producer out of LA uh, Tony B and he did a lot of Hard House when I used to be in the Hard House scene with the I think the label back then was either IHR International House of Records or Aqua Boogie I don't remember exactly you know So he was really, really cool, dude, man. And he's the one who actually told me, broaden up your brain. Don't just stick to one style of music. He's all, even though the scene right now is for this up-tempo hard house stuff, don't just stick to this. He's all, play this, but look around. There's plenty. And I, I will always remember that from him.
0: What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs?
1: One thing that's missing, I think they should have uh, more options of for to stream it out of, you know, because so I've seen and sometimes it gets shut down on you. They banners go up, you know, they, they just got to make it to where it's friendly, to where everybody can just sit there and watch it, man. Come on, like, it's not a big deal, you know. I understand they, they want their cut, but, you know, we're trying to entertain people.
0: And shout out to DJs that you know personally whose stories also need to be shared on this podcast.
1: Oof. Wow, I know a lot of DJs, man. And the thing is, I can go on with the list. I mean, I know Bad Boy Bill from Chicago, uh, Frankie Bones, uh, DJ Laz, um, the music regulators out of Miami, DJ Craze, uh, the Invisible Scratch Pickles, q Shortcut, Babu, uh, the beat junkies, DJ Melody, Rhythmatic, all those guys, man. All those guys, man. Those are the guys that put me behind the battle scene back then in my youth, you know. Like, I would look into that. But the number one that guy that I looked up to was DJ Craze. I just loved his style, man.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we look forward to hearing their stories on the show one day. And any DJ that wants to be on the show can sign up at djsignup.com. And, brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events?
1: Uh, in person, uh, like I said, I barely started putting myself out there, but I'm, I got my own residence spots out here in San Diego, in Chula Vista, and all you got to look up or ask around is the guy that's running the show in the South Bay, and everybody knows who I am because the South Bay is big, but ain't nobody rocking it the way I am. Trust me. I guarantee you that. That's all you got to do. And they, they can just go to downtown chula vista where i represent and uh the silver dollar is the name of the, the bar and it's 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 hot right there man it's if you're not in there by 1015 you're going to be waiting at least 45 minutes to get in you know so yeah that's where awesome. they can really find me
0: wonderful brother man it was really great to have you on the my dj story podcast dropped a ton of gems I learned a lot and I know our audience learned a lot as well, man. So everyone, please check out my brother, DJ J2. He's killing it down in the South Bay. He runs it out there and we're exactly excited to see that he's here on the podcast and speaking with us. So thank you for spending time with us today, brother, and we look forward to working with you and supporting you in your journey going on from here.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.